Um, hey, so welcome. It's a bit of a bit of a different message this morning as we're in this three-week series in preparation for a 21-day season of prayer and fasting in the life of our church. And, and I kicked things off last week with really, in a lot of ways, perhaps the most important um, message for the series. So if you missed last week's teaching, can I just encourage you to go online and listen, um, not because it was like, I, I felt like I did a particularly good job or anything like that, but just because it's one of those that actually is really foundational for preparing well to fast. So if you feel like you, you want to respond to this call, this invitation into fasting, last week's message is really quite important, and this week's message just builds upon it. So this week's message is going to be quite a bit of teaching. We're going to get into, last week's message was all around the why of prayer and fasting. This week, we're getting into part two, which is on the why. The what is and how of prayer and fasting? Like, what is fasting actually about, and how might we go about doing this? What might practically, what might that look like? And so we're going to get into into the details around some of that uh, this morning, if that's all right. Does that sound good? Um, so we have a, like I said, a, a season of prayer and fasting coming up. We're going to start a week from tomorrow. So not tomorrow. Next Monday, the Monday after. So the 22nd of August through the 11th of September will be our season of prayer and fasting. 21 days, prayer and fasting. And our hope over these three weeks is that we might just set us up well for that practice together in a communal practice. Now, let me say, as we begin, in terms of preparing for it, uh, a number of people kind of, you know, got in touch during the week, and they were like, hey, I'd love to, you got any, got any recommendations around what I might be able to read, or how I might study and learn a little bit more around fasting? So, here's, here's some recommended reading for you, for all you um, extra credit achievers out there. Um, these two books are like gold. So, Arthur Wallace, God's Chosen Fast. This was like written back in the 60s. It's the classic, I think, one of the classic books on fasting and understanding what fasting is all about. It's still gold today. You know, it's still really, really good. Biblically based, all that really good. And then Scott McKnight has this one. It's a little more recent as part of the Ancient Practices series just on fasting. I, I quoted from it a couple of times last week, uh, so I'd recommend that one to you as well. Uh, two really great books. And for those of you who are familiar with the classics by Richard Foster's book on the celebration of discipline. Um, he has a, a whole chapter, just one chapter in there, um, specifically dealing with fasting that is really excellent. And Dallas Willard's book, The Spirit of the Disciplines, also has a great chapter on fasting. So I'd recommend those to you. If you know some of you might have those on your shelves already, those ones, particularly you know Foster and Willard's books, um, really worth a look. Dig out the fasting chapter as a way this week. Have a read through that as we prepare for. Um, uh, the coming, the, the week ahead. The other the resource that I would point you to is that because we're, we're, we're about this season being about prayer and fasting, is that the team have put together for us this beautiful guidebook of daily prayers, and it's for free, and you can have one, and you can collect it from the table in the back of the auditorium on your way out or in the foyer, and encourage you to take that with you. Uh, Alicia and the team have done an amazing job of putting together a day, uh, uh, there's some guidance in there around guiding our prayers each day, really shaped and focused around the Lord's Prayer, S different sections of the Lord's Prayer each day for seven days. So it's a, a one-week 
kind of daily prayer book that we'll just repeat three times over uh, during the season of prayer and fasting, but I love that we would align and be united in praying around the same kinds of things as a community of faith together as we journey on this. So I encourage you to grab one of those. Um, if, you, if you prefer a digital version, there's a PDF available on the website. You can grab it there. You can grab it. There's links in the weekly email as well if you want to um, go that route that you're welcome to. Um, so with that, why don't I open us in prayer and we'll dive into the teaching for this morning. Oh Lord, we thank you for your presence here with us. We thank you that when we gather in your name, Jesus, you promise, you tell us, you are right there with us. And so we just acknowledge and thank you for your presence here this morning. And God, as we come now to uh, think and talk and, 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 and meditate a little bit more around your word and the the gifts that you might have for us in this practice of fasting, I pray that you would um, bless your word to us. I pray that you would, um, for all of us, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And we all said together, amen, amen. Uh, so, let's be honest for a moment personal note, fasting's really hard. You know, like, 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 like I, I, I told, I told, told last week, you know, like, I thought about calling the series, you know, Jesus, based on Jesus' words, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, that's, that is genuinely my experience of fasting. And I don't know about you, but like, I love food. Yeah. I really enjoy eating. Like, I love like really good food. You know, I can get along with most foodies out there. You know, I can totally keep pace. But it doesn't just have to be really good food. I'm equally as happy down Sydenham Bakery with a pie and a saucy roll. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, I'm an equal opportunity eater. I don't discriminate. So, um, I'm, I'm all about food. So, fasting, I'll just be honest with you. Fasting for me has been a challenging discipline, a challenging practice. But it's also been one of the most fruitful um, and, and, and spiritually fruitful uh, practices. So, like, just, just wanted to, like, acknowledge and name that reality for us all up front. This is not one of those that, you know... This isn't, this isn't like what you kind of do if you're trying to like really, you know, get people amped and fired up. You know, this isn't, this isn't gonna, like, this isn't how you grow your church. Hey, let's do a teaching series on fasting. That's gonna bring them in, isn't it? You know, uh, you know, like that, that's not, that's not what this is about. But it's one of those, I think, that if we attend too well, that we actually will find the Spirit of God. We'll actually attend, attune our hearts and we'll commune and, and be, experience that union, that intimate union with God that I was talking about last week. So, and I think there's a moment right now in our world that is, I think fasting is an absolutely appropriate, necessary response to. So I want to talk about that for a little bit. So let's dive in. First question is, what is fasting? What's it all about? We probably have varying different degrees of understanding around the room. So let's just go for a quick show of hands if we can get a little audience participation this morning. Um, who would say, you know, fasting is something that you're considering in this 21 days coming up? You're thinking, yeah, I might, I might, I might give it a nudge. I'll be part of that. That's cool. Um, okay, who would say, of those people, you would say, and fasting's not something I have a lot of experience with. It's kind of new for me. And you put your hands up. Yeah, see, there's plenty of people. So today is going to be a good message for you. So I hope you got your notes ready. Take some notes. We're going to get into the, the practicalities because um, this will be, this will be kind of, I, I think, hopefully helpful. It's a bit of a different way of teaching for me, but we'll give it a nudge. Um, 
Fasting, what is it all about? It's a spiritual practice. This is one of the intentional ways that we embody a practice in order to be formed in the image and likeness of Jesus. That's, that's at, at its basic, and, and it's not some kind of like subcategory of fast, you know, of spiritual practice, you know what I mean? Oftentimes, I don't know if you're like me, you think there's like the real, the, the A-list of like prayer and, and scripture reading and study and, and worship, I mean, that's the A-list of spiritual practices, and fasting is probably down in the C or D list, you know what I mean? Like there's all these other ones, you know, like, you know, anyone? Maybe that's just me. You know, I kind of think about things in, in terms of categories and which ones are most important and which ones are lesser important. There, there's no categories when it comes to spiritual practices, because they're all designed to help us meet with and be present to the living God, amen? And, and so, this is just another one of those ways in which we, we, we attune to and we attend to the presence of God, and as a means of grace for us in that. It's, and it's a normal one, in fact. It's not just for the monks and the ministers, you know? It's not just for, you know, those kind of extra special, you know, hyper-spiritual types. No, this is for all followers of Christ. This is a normal uh, kind of uh, spiritual practice that's a normal part of our communion with God. So, biblically speaking, uh, I came up with this definition of fasting. It'll be on the screen for you. Fasting is the willing abstinence from food over a period of time for a spiritual purpose. This is based on my understanding. I mean, you go, okay, that's pretty obvious, Clint, thanks for that. But let me just unpack it for you, because I think it clarifies a few things that are important. It's, it's, it's the willing abstinence from food, in that, yes, Jesus expects it of us, but the, the, the intention of fasting is to enter in willingly, not out of a legalistic spirit, right? We don't want to enter in out of obligation. We don't want to feel duty-bound. It's an invitation to fast. It's like I was talking about last week. It's a response to a discerned or, or identified need or something that's going on, right? We respond to that. So, it's this willing abstinence from food, a lot of times we practice other forms of self-denial or other forms of abstinence where we might go off the internet or we might go off chocolate or we might go off um, uh, social media or whatever it might be, you know, whatever your kind of particular gaming or I don't know what your thing is, but um, we, we might, you know, during Lent, we might give up some other things. Those are, those are valid and valuable forms of self-denial, but according to the Scriptures, anytime it talks about fasting, it has to do with food and the abstinence of food, okay? So, let's just let's just kind of say that. Over a period of time, that's my way of saying there's no one way to fast. There's no one designated time, length of time that is the right way to fast. So, it's up to discerning what is the period of time that God would invite us to fast, right? In the Scriptures, we see all kinds of different periods of time that people would fast for, for a spiritual purpose. And this is the important part of this definition, I think. The other stuff's kind of obvious, but because Fasting isn't some, like, Christian diet, right? Or, or like, a, sp a spiritual weight loss program or something like that. It's, that's, not, that's not what it is. Uh, if, and, and hopefully that came, came through loud and clear last week when we were talking about our why of fasting, why we would enter into it. It's, it's not about that at all. It's for a spiritual purpose. And, and if you don't have a clear, uh, specific purpose uh, that you feel called to respond to with fasting in terms of your own life and things that are going on in your own um, story, in your own journey, your own family maybe, then, then I, I gave last week, I think, the moment we find ourselves in our world, this time of depletion. You remember that when I was talking about that last week, that we're in a state of depletion going on, and I think it's a valid response for the people of God to respond to this moment in our culture, in our world, with fasting. 
with fasting, that we might be renewed in our inner being, right? That that would be what draws us in. So let me talk for a minute around um, the, the, so that's, this is the what of fasting, and what, what does fasting kind of, what does it teach us, what does it form in us, how are we formed through fasting, and I think, I want to just kind of t- touch on two ways that fasting really forms us um, this morning. The first one is to starve the flesh and feed the spirit, because if you're like me, man, food's really good and it's really hard to give it up, right? But sometimes we need to, because fasting's one of, I mean, fasting's one of the most abused and least used of all the spiritual disciplines. Yet for thousands of years, it's been a core practice for most disciples of Jesus Christ. All of the great hero, heroes of faith in the Old Testament fasted. I mean, we saw that some of that last week. The, the first story we read about Jesus' life in, in Matthew chapter 4, of his adult life, is, is of him fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, just like Moses and Elijah had done before him. The central characters of the New Testament Testament. They fasted. They continued this practice, as did the early church after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. They fasted twice a week, usually, on Wednesdays and Fridays. Twice a week, they would fast for over a millennia, over a thousand years. And it's not until quite recently that fasting has kind of fallen out of vogue and out of favor amongst disciples of Jesus, which comes as no surprise. Because in our world today, in our culture, We've made a bit of an idol out of food, haven't we? Let's be honest. Uh, you know, we, we, we love it. We talk a lot about it. We, we spend a lot of time preparing it. We, you know, like some of you are even thinking, where, oh, what, where are we going for lunch after this? You know? I mean, it's, it's honestly, we, we, and, and, and fasting is one of the ways when you actually enter into and engage in fasting. I, like, it was shocking to me the first time I fasted just how much time and energy and effort I put into thinking about, preparing, or eating kind of around food. Like just, it is, it is like all over the place. But, but we live in a culture that's made an idol out of food in some ways, but almost like it's not just a culture of food, but of excess and, and of luxury and, 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 and in some ways an addiction to what psychologists have called the pleasure principle, Right? Yes, for so many of us, those desires of our body actually have gotten out of whack and and, and actually have come to hold power over us, and the Scriptures call us into a battle with the flesh, rather than us being a slave to the flesh, we we are to feed the Spirit and feed on the Spirit. We don't want to become a slave to the flesh, we want, uh, we want to be its master. So, this is fasting is one of those ancient Christian practices to help break the power of the flesh in our lives, our own desires, our own sins, our own cravings. And if you, if you remember, like the ancient church fathers would talk about three enemies of the soul, they were the world, the flesh, and the devil are the three enemies of our soul. They're the three, three influences in our lives and in our world that are out to kind of destroy and shrivel the life of our souls within us. And the flesh is right up there with it. Those cravings of, of, of our sinful selves and, our, and, our, and our, our desires and all that kind of stuff. And instead, to set those aside and to feed on the Holy Spirit in, instead. It's one, of the, it's one of the practices, I think, that most... Um, readily and quickly allows us to take Jesus seriously when in, Matthew, in Luke chapter 9, He says, to deny yourselves, take up your cross daily and follow Me. Deny 
self, deny selfish wants, deny those kind of fleshly cravings. You know, in my opinion, there is no spiritual practice that causes us to deny self, to starve the flesh more clearly than fasting. And, and I think this is a pretty big deal when it comes to our spiritual health. I mean, Paul talks about it a lot in his letters. In Romans chapter 8, Paul calls the believers in Rome to, to live not according to the flesh, not according to their sinful nature. He says in Romans chapter 8, he says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not an obligation to the flesh to live according to the flesh, but for if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if you live, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You hear it? Fasting helps form us in the way of starving the flesh and feeding the Spirit, right? Later in Romans uh, chapter 13, Paul writes, rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. It just comes up again and again and again. And in one of the most striking images after Paul kind of talks about like uh, discipleship, like a race to be won, he says, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You see, Paul's really taking seriously that starving the flesh, feeding the spirit. My body is, I'm, I am the master of my body. I'm not a slave to it. You see, that's what he's kind of talking about. And he's talking not just about like physical body, but about the flesh in terms of uh, our sinful desires and cravings and that, that kind of, you know, um, ungodly, unhealthy parts of who we are. So fasting is this intentional choice on our part to prioritize the life of the spirit over the life of the flesh. You ever thought about it like that? It's, it's such an embodiment of it. I don't know about you, but every time I fast it, I, 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 I go into it and you, you feel it, right? You feel those needs. And every time you feel hungry, it's a reminder, no, I want to feed my spirit. I want to feed my soul on the presence of God. Every time you see someone else eating and you, instead of feeling sorry for yourself and wallowing in self-pity, you go, no, you know, I beat my body and make it my slave. You know, you kind of like, you go, no, I'm going to feed my spirit on, you know. And then like, um, I remember one time I, uh, 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 a good friend of mine was, was doing an extended fast and he, and, uh, and he came out into the kitchen this one day, like many days into this fast and his wife had just roasted a chicken and like put it out on the counter and he came in and he was so tempted in that moment, you know, like instant kind of like mouth watering kind of, you can imagine it, right? And he said he like leaned over it and took a big whiff and then he quoted this verse from Paul, no, I beat my body and make it my slave, you know, just to stay focused on like saying, no, I'm not gonna, you know, my fast isn't done yet and I'm not gonna give up early on this, you know, kind of I'm gonna feed my spirit because I know that in God and in God's word and in his presence, there is life, there is nourishment, there is food for my soul and I wanna feed my soul, I wanna feed my spirit instead. You see it? This is kind of the journey that we're inviting ourselves into. And I don't know of any uh, practice that more like, invites us physically to embody that, that journey in terms of formation. Does that make sense? I think the second way, and I don't know if you've thought about this either, that, that, that fasting actually helps form us, is to stand in solidarity with the poor and the oppressed. Have you ever thought about that? 
In fact, that's what Isaiah makes really clear in Isaiah 58. He has this, he has this passage in there, and, and the, the wee subheading in my Bible over, over the top of chapter 58 is all around true fasting. And the first five verses, basically, Isaiah makes this critique of the, the nation of Israel who have been fasting inappropriately. Essentially, they'd been self-serving in their focus of fasting. They were, it was like, hey, look at me, pat on the back for my religiosity, I'm so spiritual, aren't I so good? Hey, look at this kind of thing. And then, and then uh, Isaiah brings this critique of that, and then in verse 6, he starts spelling out the kind of fast that God actually desires. Verse 6, he says, is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard." Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will, you will cry for help, and He will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You'll be called a repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Basically, at the time when Isaiah wrote this in his prophetic ministry, the community of God was known for kind of their intense spirituality, you could, you could say, but it was this personal, self-centered faith that actually neglected the kind of just community that God was looking for, where His righteousness might be lived out and modeled and embraced. And so, Isaiah confronts the community of faith about fasting to remind them of their identity, of their vocation, and, and he used these words of like, loose the chains of injustice, un untie the cords of the yoke of slavery, set the oppressed free, is share your food with the hungry, provide for the poor, you know, provide shelter for the wanderer. When you see the naked, clothe them, right? You, you heard it all the way through that, that text all the way through. What Isaiah is doing is he's presenting a whole nother dimension to this practice of fasting, of standing in solidarity with the poor. Because when we choose to fast, we choose to allow our bodies to feel hunger, and this hunger becomes an act of solidarity with those who are hungry through no choice of their own. We align our bodies to connect with those who are suffering. We choose to unite our hearts to, to those who are experiencing injustice of all kinds, through systemic poverty or slavery or hunger or homelessness or racism or debt or whatever it might be. Have you ever thought about that? This is how fasting aligns us with. And this fast then becomes a practice that trains our hearts in compassion. It trains our souls and unites us with our brothers and sisters around the world. And when we, as a community, embody this and we're moved to practice with this compassion and, and to work to alleviate those injustices within our city and our nation, then, then we're reflecting God's heart and God's character to the world. You see it? 
That's what Isaiah is getting at in this text. This kind of fast is, is very simple, and it's been practiced for thousands of years within the Christian tradition. For example, all the way back in the 6th century, this guy Caesarius of Arles, he was one of the church leaders in, in, in France, he wrote this, he says, let us fast in such a way that we lavish our lunches upon the poor, so that we may not store up in our purses what we intended to eat, but rather in the stomachs of the poor. You see, with this fast, the invitation is not only to give up a meal, but to use the money you would have normally spent on feeding yourselves to feed those around you, to feed someone else. You see it? That's essentially the invitation, and that's one of the ways in which God's people have been formed and shaped through fasting, is to stand in solidarity, but also to provide for the needs of others. Are we okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Appreciate that. So how do we do this? How do we go about it? How do we engage in fasting? If you're like, okay, Clint, all right, you know, like... I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm willing to give it a go. Help me understand how I might go about this in a way that's meaningful and, and right. Well, um, and, and David did a really good job a few weeks ago when he was teaching through the Sermon on the Mount of um, talking about a number of different ways to fast. And we see these in the Scriptures, right? So, some of the most different ways to fast, there's, there's, there's the normal fast. And the normal fast in, in the Scriptures is where, you know, typically it's to go without food um, for a set period and drink water only. That would be the normal fast, okay? You go, oh, that sounds a bit rough. <laughs> sounds a bit rough. Oh, I don't know about that. That's the normal fast. Now, we talked last week about, like, a couple of examples of, like, supernatural fasts that are, like, Jesus and Elijah and Moses. These people went 40 days of fasting, 40 days and nights with no food or water. Well, those aren't normal, right? Those are those are supernatural, so, so I think it's helpful to just kind of draw that distinction and say those are supernatural fasts, like God sustained, the human body can't go without food or water for 40 days or nights, you know? So let's say the normal fast is to go without food for a certain period of time and drink water only. Then there's a form of fasting called partial fast, and the partial fast is where we have a little bit more than water. So a lot of people would fast with, you know, um, and, and, and this is often associated, one of the most famous examples of partial fasting, we talked about it uh, last week, is Daniel, in, Dan, in, the, in the book of Daniel, where he had no choice foods, no, no, none of the delicacies around the royal kingdom, so he had none of the fancy foods, they had a real staple basic diet for 21 days, uh, was, was the Daniel fast, and so that's essentially it. So a lot of people today, when they practice a partial fast, it's like fruits and veggies, maybe some rice. You know, that's kind of partial fast. That's kind of a common way that people would engage in a partial fast. And then there's other forms of abstinence, right? So there's other ways that people would practice fasting where maybe, like in Lent, you often hear people who say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have any chocolate during Lent. I'm not going to drink my red wines during Lent. I'm not going to, you know, whatever it might be uh, that people kind of give up during Lent, that's often a form of abstinence. It's not a full-blown fast, right? Because you're still, still kind of eating and, and whatnot. They, they, uh, maybe it's like around the social media or the gaming or other things like that as well. Those are valid, necessary, at times, I think, valuable forms of giving things up, practicing self-denial, um, but let's just call them abstinence instead of calling them, calling them fasts. So if you, if you go, okay, this is a helpful filter, let's think through this. As we look at a period of 21 days of prayer and fasting, um, 
and you're sitting there and you're like, hey, I want to participate in this, I want to give it a go, but you said the normal fast is water only? If you've never fasted before, let me just be straight up and say, don't do 21 days of normal fasting in this season. That will not go well for you. It, no, like, it's funny, but it, it won't go well for you. I, I can assure you of that. Like, like we, this, is, this is one of those things that we need to grow in and develop over time, okay? So, so let's just kind of like, let's take it back a notch. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. We're not calling everyone to like a 21 days of no food. That's not what we're, that's not what we're inviting ourselves into. Um, and and so, so let's gradually learn. Let's gradually learn how to grow. But let's not put it off either. And just, you know, like decide, oh, we'll wait and maybe eventually. Because, I mean, there's so many people that have told me like, oh, Clint, fasting, I've been a Christian for like 20 years and gone to church my whole life. I've never fasted, you know? I've never even heard teaching on fasting or anything like that, right? So, so, so let's not put it off. I think God's got something for us in this. Let's enter in, but let's enter in appropriately. Is that, is that all right? So let me just unpack for you my own journey into fasting. Like I said, I love food. Fasting is hard for me. In fact, I've not really met anyone who would say fasting is smooth sailing. Um, it's, it's difficult. It's really hard. And so for me, fasting began uh, and like 20 years ago. I first started fasting, and, and it started for me as a daylight fast. It's actually a biblical example. It's one of the most common ways that God's people have fasted is daylight fast. So you can still eat your breakfast if you're up early enough. You can still, you know, have your, have your dinner at night and whatnot. And, and then it's not just a skipping lunch because it's busy at work and you're just going to power through. It's a, I'm going to fast lunch and I'm going to redeem that time when I normally would have been preparing that food or eating that food or, or, or thinking about food. And I'm going to go and spend that time with the Lord in prayer, Right? That's, that's the way it is. In fact, this is what, how one of our servant leaders entered into a period of fasting um, earlier this year. As servant leaders, we were discerning and praying around a couple of things related to our church, and, um, and one of our servant leaders said, oh, well, this is how I'm going to fast. will be the daylight fast. And so he, he, would, he would, instead of, you know, packing his lunch in the morning and going, he, he, would, he would grab his Bible and his journal and, and, and put on the worship music and walk out of the office at lunchtime down, you know, a couple of blocks to the park, you know, near, near the office and spend that time, fortunately the weather was good most days, you know, spend that time with the Lord and in prayer and in worship and in journaling and in His Word, you, you, you see, uh, and kind of redeem that time. And that's a valid, I think, a, a great example of what it might look like. So this is, this is how I began. Uh, in my journey into fasting, that's, that's kind of how I started. And then after I did that a few times and realized, oh yeah, this isn't, I can do this, you know, um, this, is, this is okay. And I felt like the Lord saying, okay, it's time to take another step. And the next step was then to a 24-hour fast, beginning in the evening and going through till the following evening. So dinner to dinner, you know, and, uh, and, and I did that a number of times and water only and, and I did that a number of times and I realized, okay, yeah, you know, this is going okay for me. Oh, this is this is all right. This is all right. Um, and then I felt like God inviting me and calling me deeper into this practice of fasting. And so I moved to a three-day fast. And a three-day fast at this point, I, you know, this is where the, the, the minute you start going kind of multiple days in a row of fasting, I know all the doctors are getting a little antsy around the room right now. Um, this is, this is not my expertise, but what I do know is it's good to talk to your doctor if you're going to start going multiple days without food. This is where things, you need to start doing things kind of carefully and, and pay, attention to, pay attention to those things. So, so three days, at this point, you want to uh, make sure you start talking to your doctors, but it is, 
it is, it is okay. Like, you can do it. Um, and, then, and then beyond, you know, so I did a couple of three-day fasts, and those were good, and, um, and then eventually kind of built my way up to, I was in a regular rhythm of doing seven-day fasts four times a year for a number of years. And uh, that was kind of a normal rhythm for me, and God would use that in my life in amazing ways. Usually when I was doing seven-day fasts, I'd be having water and juice, you know, and I would kind of, I would have like 100% juice, so you avoid all the preservatives and all that kind of stuff, you get the, you know, like 100% juice, um, water and juice, and that's, that's, what I would, that's what I would do. And then, and then God took me deeper still, um, and so I ended up doing, at one point, a 21-day fast with water and juice and talking with my doctor, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, and being very careful. All that to say, it's possible, you know? It can be really good. Yes, yes, you need to be careful around it. Yes, you need to be wise around it. And yes, you need to be led by the Lord. And I'm not saying that's for any, necessarily for anyone, you know, starting next Monday, because um, you, you need to prepare well for an extended fast like that. Um, you need to prepare well for it, and, and, and so I had some good guidance around that, and I'm happy to talk with people further if you have questions and want to know more about that. But I would say, if fasting is new for you, start with the daylight fast. Start there. Maybe, maybe try a 24-hour period a couple of times, but like, start there. But like, like, let's enter in, let's practice this, let's see what God might do in and through this if, that's, if you feel like God's calling you to, to give it a go. And here's how to prepare for it. Over the next week, we begin our preparation for the fast and we prepare by getting really, really clear on the purpose, the why. Like I said at the start of the message, that's the most important thing. So if you didn't listen to, if you, if you missed last week's teaching, please go back and have a listen to that. Uh, go back there, start there, set a specific objective. There may be something really personal to you in your own life or in your family or somewhere around you that you want to respond, a, a faithful response that you sense God calling you to would be to fast and pray around that particular situation. If you don't have a specific situation, but you still sense God calling you and inviting you uh, into fasting with us over this period of 21 days of prayer and fasting, then I'd encourage you to, let's, let's just collectively share and own this cultural moment we find ourselves in of depletion, and let's just hold that before the Lord as we pray and fast together. But having a really clear why is really important. It's perhaps the most important thing. Um, so if you haven't, haven't, you know, I know I, I heard there was some good discussions going on in life groups this week, people starting to kind of hone in and focus in around that. Um, I'd say continue those conversations. If, you, if you're not in a life group, find, you know, a godly, trusted person you could talk to and, and, uh, and start, start getting that really nailed down and clear this week. The second thing to do would be to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what kind of fast God would have you undertake. Is it to be uh, daylight fast with water only, or is it to be with some juice, or is it a partial fast, or what, what might the Holy Spirit be leading you to participate in? Because while we say we're going to collectively enter into a, a season of prayer and fasting, the way in which we enter in and the way in which we participate will look very different for each one of us, and that's okay. That's okay, right? So, so don't feel like you have to conform to any set, you know, but the Holy, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And God will guide you in the right way to fast for you. Um, and so I would say, just kind of spend time this week. Get really clear on that. And then the third, the third thing to do is to start preparing yourself spiritually. I don't know about you, but um, those of you who have fasted before, I often find the, 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 the week before, the kind of the lead up to, and then the first couple of days of fasting to be the hardest. 
and oftentimes when I encounter some spiritual attack. So I would say prepare yourself spiritually. This would be a time, I mean, confession of sin is a good practice anytime, but especially this week in preparing to fast. Make sure there's no unconfessed sin in our lives. Let's just clear it out. You know, that we, we know that sin hinders our prayers. Sin gets in the way. It blocks the presence of God. You know, so let's, let's just be confessing those things. You know, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal anything in your heart and in your mind and in your soul that would be uh, uh, blocking of His presence, of His goodness. And then, and then list those things down. Confess them and then receive His promise and His truth from 1 John 1.9. Where, Jesus, uh, where, where we're reminded, if we confess our sins, Jesus, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This be the journey of preparation spiritually as we kind of head towards uh, next week. And then prepare yourself physically. And so depending on how you're going to enter in and fast and, and whatnot, there is some physical preparation to do. Um, someone, we were joking after the first service, someone was joking like, oh, kind of like, you know, brown bears, you want to kind of like load up heavy this week, you know, kind of like get ready for that hibernation period. <laughs> I'm like, no, not that kind of preparing physically. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. You kind of want to start going the other way. You want to start weaning yourself off of, uh, off of things, you know, our, our metabolism and our bodies doesn't work the same as brown bears, all right? Um, so, uh, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that's true, right? So, um, you, you kind of want to go the other way, particularly around caffeine. If you love your coffees, you know, I used to drink a lot more coffee than I do these days, but still, this week, I'll be weaning myself off coffee. I've had bad caffeine withdrawal headaches that have ruined fasts for me in the past. And, uh, and so let me just encourage you, if, you, if you're heavy on the teas and the coffees, start winding it back this week and you will thank me later. Um, that would be kind of a key one. And then start coming off the, you know, like the, the high sugary, heavy meats, you know, like all, the, all that kind of stuff. Like just kind of start, you know, uh, weaning yourself off those things as a way of physically preparing. And, and, and as part of physically preparing, make sure you take into account, like if you're going to do multiple days, that kind of thing, talk with your doctors and make sure you consider your medications. Those, anyone who's on meds, uh, the meds that need to be accompanied with food, make sure you take those things into account. We don't want anything kind of uh, like that going physical problems that would kind of creep in or get away. But it's not just around those kind of physical preparations, it's also around preparing, you know, we talked about the spiritual preparation, but also preparing in terms of the calendar and your time. So, for, for example, like this one, you know, one of our servant leaders who earlier in the year, they, they just blocked out their lunch meetings, they didn't take any lunch meetings, their lunch time was, you know, like, make sure you've got ample time to be with the Lord. If we're, if we're not just going to be starving the flesh, but actually feeding the Spirit and feeding the soul, then we need to be with God, right? So make sure you plan and build in regular times to be with God. Yes, you'll get those regular prompts when you're feeling hungry, when you smell something good, when you, you know, when you see people eating. Those are all regular prayer reminders, you know, and those are great, but like actually build in intentional time. And then I'd say when coming off the fast, particularly if you've done an extended one of multiple days, to break it slowly. Break your fast slowly, go gentle. I know the, temp I know the temptation well would be to go to your favorite restaurant, whether it's KFC or Pizza Hut or well, McDonald's, whatever it might be, and to load up, you know, get the, order the biggest thing on the menu because you're so hungry. That's probably the worst thing you could do to yourself, both physically but also spiritually. It can have a real damaging effect. Um, so you kind of break your fast 
slowly. You come back with, you know, lo- you know, light meals and lots of veggies and leafy green things and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's the way to go in terms of a gentle breaking of the fast on the back end as well. So how are we going to do this? Um, like, let, let me get real specific for you in, in, in our family. Oh, the other thing I would say is for children, it's not advisable for kids to be fasting. Kids in their growing, their physical development need regular kind of feeding in terms of their own uh, so that they can grow and, and bad things don't happen. So, so, so we, we don't encourage kids to engage in fasting. We, we as a family wrestled with this. Our kids are, are old. They're into their teenage years now, and so we had a conversation with them, and they wanted to participate. Um, so we, we kind of weighed this carefully, and we talked with, talked with uh, some people who advised us on this. And so what we're doing as a family is a partial fast for 21 days. Our family, for 21 days, we're going to do a partial fast. Here's how we're doing it. What we would normally spend on groceries in a given week, you know, your grocery budget for the week, we're cutting it in half, and we're going to live on less. So there will still be food to eat, but it'll be very different kinds of meals. <laughs> There'll still be food to go in lunch boxes, so the kids are still getting to eat, you know, but, but then the other half won't just kind of stack up in savings like, uh, like, like, like Isaiah kind of cautioned against, but we'll actually give that away to places that are devoted to feeding people. We know here in our own local community, Joe Willoughby, uh, who, who leads our children's ministry, works at Temapua, and they run a program that feeds 30 kids every day or every week, I can't remember what it is, but 30 kids, and we're like, oh, we could give to that, and those 30 kids would get to eat, you know, uh, or, or you, you, there's, there's all kinds of opportunities here in our own backyard, right here in our own city, where we could give that money, and it would make a real difference towards filling someone's pantry or filling someone's stomach, and so that's what we've decided to do. I'm not saying you have to do that. That's what we've decided to do for our family. We're going to do a partial fast, but on top of that, I felt like God was challenging me to go um, a step further, and so I personally am, am weighing up. I will either be also doing the daily um, daylight fast, where I'm fasting lunch each day uh, for the 21 days, or, um, or the three-day fasts each week, one per week, you know what I mean? So across each of those. So I'm, I'm still discerning that with the Lord and I'm trusting the Holy Spirit will make clear uh, the, the, the way that He will lead me in that. And so I'm, I'm in this journey with you, you know, as we kind of find our way forward and discover how God would use that um, amongst us as we go. But the whole goal, the whole purpose in this is that we be formed increasingly in the likeness and image of Jesus. And fasting is an embodied practice. A lot of, a lot of our practices are, Im, are not as embodied as this one, let's be honest. Um, but this is such a good one, and, uh, and I'd encourage you to consider it. Again, it's, you don't have to. No one has to. <laughs> to be part of our church, you don't have to do this. That's not at all. It's an invitation. It's an invitation uh, and an encouragement to consider it. And, uh, and you can still be a, like a loved and valued contributing person around here. We're not going to think any less of you if you don't fast. That's all right. Um, no, but, but I'd encourage you to consider it and, and see how God might use that um, as, we, as we journey through. Again, we don't go in for the results. We go in in response to the need. And, uh, and, that, would, and that would be my encouragement to us this morning. So team, why don't you come? We're going to close with a time of worship. And as they come, let me uh, lead us in a prayer. Actually, let's stand together. Let's stand together um, and let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, for this time that we've had together in, 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 in worship and around your word this morning. God, I pray that 
um, whatever it is that you might be highlighting and, and bringing to light in our hearts and our minds. We know while this is a collective uh, shared experience and there'll be great opportunities for us to be able to share one with another and encourage one another as we journey through this moment together, that it'll also look quite different. So God, I pray for just a grace over our community, over our church, that we would, that we would be okay with that, that we would be um, encouraging of one another and where we're at, but Lord, that you would help each of us take a step closer towards you. And if fasting is how you're calling us to take that step, then I pray, God, that you would provide all that's needed for people in responding to that. Make clear the reason for a fast for each one of us. Give us clear ways to prepare for it this week. And we trust, God, that in each step of the way, we would find you. We would experience your presence. We would know your voice. Even when it gets hard and, and then those, those difficult things inside of us and it's hard to give up food and we, we're struggling and we're getting a little impatient and snappy, Lord, would you meet us in those moments? Lead us on, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We hope this teaching has served you well and that you've sent something of God's voice speaking to you. If there's any way that we can help or pray for you, support you in any way, we'd love to be able to do that. You can find out our contact info on our website at thewellnz.org or flick us an email at support at thewellnz.org. God bless you. We look forward to hearing from you soon.